What's up, party people? Welcome to season four of Romancing Nancy Drew. Oh my god! I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter. You can also find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter, if that's more your thing. If you wouldn't like to see me just bitching about everything else. I am so fucking excited about today's episode. Oh my god, you guys. Oh my god. Okay. So, we're talking about Whitewater Terror today, which is number six in the Nancy Drew Files series, and it came out in December 1986, so we're like 40 years from the last book that I discussed at the end of season three. Cool. Because I bitch about covers nonstop, y'all. Okay, this cover, the artist for this one is actually one of my favorite artists for the files. I do not own this artwork. There is a Nancy Drew collector who owns like a big percentage of the Nancy Drew Files covers, which I'm deeply, deeply jealous of. But anyway, um, this one, actually, I've seen a few of his covers come up for sale, and he does, like, a, a pretty fucking good job. Like, I've been bitching about how Nancy looks like she's, like, mid-40s and possibly doing some premenopause shit, but on this one, she looks like she's, like, early 20s, so we're getting closer to her legit age. There's that. She has, like, dark red hair on this cover and she has a red polo shirt with a white sweater over her shoulders and some khaki shorts in the background because this is the way that all the Nancy Drew Files covers are set up you've got like a big picture of Nancy she may or may not have a man around her you've got like a small picture in the background of some sort of shit that she's going to get into during this book possibly also a man looking menacing in the background which is true of this book as well and then you've got like if there's some sort of like importance to the setting then that will be reflected this is whitewater terror so of course you see like rapids as one does but this is the first one that I was like yeah yeah I can dig this it's nice it's nice she's looking kind of preppy it's like I'm going camping but casually which yeah okay if you've ever been like is there a Nancy Drew book that is basically played out like a slasher movie guess what bitch we are here for it, and it is this week. Also, because Marissa was mentioning that she was, like, feeling a real legit wanting some bodyguarding vibe, oh my god, this one delivers on all possible cylinders on that, and as you know, my favorite Nancy Drew books are the ones where you can be like, but did Nancy and Ned sneak off and maybe bang, and there's so much fucking opportunity in this book, it is just ridiculous, so... This book pick oh oh god I just I love this book so much. Um, this book picks up with Nancy, Bess, and George talking, and George has won a sweepstakes of some sort, and she's super excited about it. And it involves a whitewater rafting trip. There, she's gotten she won, George did, and she has three. She's allowed to invite three people along with her. So she's invited um, Nancy and Bess, and Nancy's like maybe we could bring that along and you're like of course you fucking can girl because apparently Ned has gone whitewater rafting but Nancy has not which questions but anyway I don't think any of the three of the girls have gone whitewater rafting at this point because of course not so they're talking and they're trying to convince Bess to go which uh, Bess is the MVP of this group and that she is me and she's like I just did my nails though yes 100% yes at all times Bess ain't here for this shit like 
if you were like, how about we go sunbathing, which is what she recommends. She's like, I know that we just got back from our trip to Fort Lauderdale, but I mean, that was not a vacation. We should go on a legit vacation where we just based ourselves in suntan lotion and just roast and look at hot guys. And Nancy's like, I like where your head's at. You're not wrong, Ned. But um, also, I've never been whitewater rafting. And so eventually they do convince Bess to go along with it. And Nancy's like, I'm going to ask Ned. And they're like, yeah, let's just, let's just do a little recount of what's happened so far in the files. Like, <laughs> I love that I don't do this for the mystery stories because I'm like, and Nancy popped fully fleshed from her father's forehead like a Greek goddess. But in the files, it's like there is a little bit of continuity that we don't see it quite as much in the mystery stories. So in the files, we have Nancy tracking down like a Russian spy. We've got, which she doesn't really understand that's what's going on until the end of the damn book. We've got the New York <laughs> Metallica lawsuit <laughs> where somebody's doing bootlegs of albums. We've got that one. Um, we've got the one where they go on their ski vacation where somebody keeps writing murderer in the snow, which actually is the perfect ski vacation where somebody's like, murderer, and you're like, how about I stay inside and just have hot chocolate for a hot minute? Correct. The fourth book is the one where Nancy, let's see, Smile and Say Murder is the one, oh God, which I don't love. It involves the Mick, who is not Mick Devlin, but still, still not great. Um, Anyway. So that's the one with Nancy and Ned and random people get stuck in a dark room and it's on fire. And yes. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Book five is the one that I did an exception on. And that um, that was Hit and Run Holiday. And that's the one that Bess is referring to. And she's like, I know that we just got back from Fort Lauderdale. And you're like, uh-huh. Like, you guys are on perpetual vacation. It's cool, though. No big. Um... So the weird thing is that like in book four, like that's the one where Ned and Ned and Nancy are going through that weird rough patch where I was like, maybe she thinks she's pregnant and no, that's not at all what's going on, but that's fine. And they kind of make up. And then in book five is the one where she like makes out for two seconds with Dirk, which is like, oh my God, the, they were like, what's more old fashioned than Ned? Dirk. Also sound like euphemism for his dick, but it's fine. Um, yeah, so you've got that going on at the end of the book where it's like just super casual, like just just a kiss between friends, you know, before he has to run off and rescue people from a fucking desert island where he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that we abandoned a bunch of people, dipshit. Book six, like we're picking up after all that where they've had some weird stuff happen. Like the last really good relationship book is book three. We're now at book six and like we need some making out, y'all. We need some hot making out. And you're like, when don't you? And that is the correct answer. So Nancy goes to Ned and she's like, hey, like he's come over. His tan is a little bit darker because it's summertime. His hair has been like bleached a little bit by the sun. If if you're like, you sound like you're in love with him. Maybe I am. It's fine. Um, so they're just hanging out on the couch, watching a movie, having some popcorn, just talking, chatting while they're alone in the house. Ned's feet are up on Carson Drew's favorite ottoman. Why has that stuck in my head for like 20 fucking years, y'all? <laughs> oh, that's not even true. I would have read this book like 30 years ago. <laughs> anyway, it's been living rent-free since then for like 30 fucking years. Um, so yeah, Ned's in there and he's like, 
yeah, I'm, you know, my summer classes are over. I'm, that's fine. Let's, let's go on a bite water rafting trip. And Nancy's like, you don't seem super jazzed about it. And that's like, uh, I mean, I'd love for us to hang out somewhere and get to know each other some more, but things have been weird between us. And Nancy's like, that's legit. I mean, I think this trip could be a way for us to rekindle some things, you know, remind me why I'm in love with you. And that's like, Girl, we don't have to wait for that. So, of course, they're making out. And I'm like, fucking yes to all this. When they're cock blocked by a damn phone call. And I'm like, you're alone in the house. You're on a couch. Y'all can bang. Like, it's all right there. All the ingredients. It's so romantic. You've got popcorn and an ottoman. (laughs) What more does a girl need? But the phone rings and somebody's like, if you know what's good for you, you'll stay home from that whitewater rafting trip or else and Nancy's like who is this and of course they hang up because who the fuck is going to answer that question they're going to be like I'm Carl from accounting and I just wanted you to know that you are just not ready for this shit (laughs) so anyway uh the next chapter opens up with the four of them in a rental car which they've been having a real rough time of it um the trip is in Montana, which I remember because I said another, I said a story in Montana to deal with the fact that Nancy has just real bad luck in Montana. Um, they got there late. Um, there was nobody to meet them. They just got this like really weird hand-drawn map and instructions to pick up a rental car. And by the time they did, it was like late. So they decided to get a hotel room overnight. And it was just a lot of air traffic all the time. And it was just, just real, real bad. So they're already like, oh my god, we have to get there. Like, the rafts are supposed to take off at like 9 o'clock or some shit. IDK. So they're driving along, and they're like driving up a mountain. Okay, side note. You know this about me. I don't know shit about sports. And that includes whitewater rafting. I'm like, it involves rafts and water. (laughs) Possibly oars. So anyway, they're driving up a mountain because I guess if one's gonna get in a raft you want it to go downstream I don't fucking know anything it's fine um (laughs) they're driving up the mountain when all of a sudden Ned almost because Ned is driving Ned almost drives the car over like this rock slide is taken out part of the road and like they pull up within inches of it because of course when we're ending chapters we know how to end some fucking chapters like they're fighting over which way they're supposed to be going they're like I think this is the right way and then that happens and they're like oh holy shit they get out of the car and they look and there was a barricade that had been set up that was dragged over to the side and like kind of buried in some bushes and Nancy and George and Ned and Bess of course is like maybe we should go home right now which (laughs) if anything Bess is the voice of reason in this group of idiots (laughs) But anyway, um, they look and they're like, uh, this is a bit odd that this barricade would be pulled over to the side of the road because we legit could have died. Like, we're going to have to reroute. There's there's no way to get through this. Like, it's a sheer drop. So they're questioning it and they're like, what? did somebody do this intentionally? And like, who would do that? Why would somebody do that? Side note, Nancy's like, George, how did this happen? How did you win this trip? And George is like, I guess, like, last month when I bought some new shoes, I I remember entering some contest, like, at the checkout. So I guess that's it. And Nancy's like, "Uh, okay. Um, When they come into town, they see this sign that looks really new for the name of the company. Like, 
there's no one there to meet them. It's just like they need to drive out to the site where the rafts are, she said with her eyebrows up. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. They finally get there, like... I think they're like a couple of minutes late, but anyway, they, they finally get out to where they're supposed to be. And this is where they meet all the red shirts. <laughs> There's Todd and Mike who are like, I was like, I know that we're in Montana, but these are some damn rednecks that were transported directly from the deep South where one of them, like at one point in the book is like, yes, I used the switchblade to skin a raccoon for a cap. And Nancy's like, that is disgusting. <laughs> she ain't here for that shit. Like, one of them's missing a tooth. They like to play with firecrackers. It's just like, hi, if if you were like just, if you could just lean into the redneck stereotype just a bit more, you'd be wearing like a backwards trucker's cap and talking about your cousin in weird ways. Anyway, that's Todd and Mike. Is there a bit of homoerotic tension going on between them? Girl, you know me. Of course. Anyway, <laughs> so that's Todd and Mike. Um, There's also... Linda and Ralph, who that just sounds like somebody picked those names out of a phone book in 1986, and that's fine. Um, they're dating. There's Sammy, who has a southern drawl in her voice and is flirting with Ned as hard as she possibly can. And she's like this big around and big old blonde hair. And Nancy's like, I fucking hate her. And I hope she falls off the raft at the first opportunity. Of course, Nancy doesn't say that because she's not that kind of person. There's also Mercedes, which the weirdest thing about the, this is not the weirdest thing. This is just one of the weird things. Um, the name Mercedes, like, first off, okay. Second, there are multiple characters in this damn series named Mercedes, <laughs> which I found the weirdest thing ever. Like, I didn't know any Mercedeses growing up. That was just not a name down here in the South. So I, I, I just don't know. It's fine. Um, yeah, there's Mercedes. There's Max and Paula. Paula has weird amber eyes. Max is like very outdoorsy and muscular. And so, of course, as soon as Beth sees him, she's like, ooh, because one of the ways they persuaded Beth to go on this trip is they were like, there's going to be hot guys, which, how do you know this? Did you already match with some of them on Tinder? What's going on? Um, but anyway, so Beth sees Max and she's like, look at that. I'm going to break me off a piece of that. Yes. So they introduce these to themselves, like, but the thing is that Nancy and her friends are coming from Illinois, so she asks them, like, where they're from, because she's just trying to get to know everybody, and everybody is like, oh, I'm from around here, and Nancy's like, this is a national contest, right, and Georgia's like, yeah, and Nancy's like, so why is it that we're the only ones who are not locals? Just a question, just wondering, just throwing that out there, but you know, no one really knows. Um, Paula is also Mercedes's cousin and Mercedes is like, yeah, Paula said she was going to do a trip. And so I decided to come with her and cause it sounded like fun. And Max is local and was asked to come along on the trip to lead the other raft because there's a bunch of people. So they're going to be taking two rafts because I don't know how many people fit in a damn raft. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Paula's like, oh, Nancy, uh, get on that raft and, like, go ahead and put your supplies on that raft or some shit. And anyway, Nancy looks over and she's like, okay. And almost immediately the raft pulls away from the shore and just starts bobbing merrily. And by merrily, I mean ridiculously fast down the river. So, of course, Ned immediately is like, hang on, Nancy, and starts running down the 
bank trying to get to her. Everybody else starts running to, well, all the athletic people. I'm sorry. Bess is like, no, no, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, they're like calling out to her, trying to call out directions and everything. Nancy remembers Paula saying that the very first thing that they hit in the river is kind of intense. So they're going to kind of go off to the side where it's a little bit easier to go down. So Nancy gets the like 10 foot oars <laughs> and manages to maneuver herself over to that part of the river where it's easier to get down so that she doesn't destroy the raft or something. I would assume that's a thing that can happen, IDK. Um, but yeah, she manages to get the raft over and beach it on the shore, despite the fact, let me repeat this, that she's never fucking been whitewater rafting before. And like, of course, she stumbles out of the raft. Ned hugs her because, yes, yes, more of this. Um, Nancy's like, that was weird. And she looks at the mooring line and the stake that the raft was tied to. And there's nothing obviously wrong. It's just that, like, the other raft had been pulled up on the bank some. And Nancy's like, that seems like it would have been a safer thing to... I don't know. I've never been whitewater rafting before. It's fine. So... Everybody gets on the rafts. Um, Sammy comes over to Ned. She's like, oh, can you help me fasten my life jacket? Because I do not understand how buckles work. And Ned's like, oh, okay. And he glances over at Nancy, who was like, girl, you do you. Like, she gives what was infuriating to me when I was first reading this. Like, she's like, you know, you whatever. Which, to me, I was like, why the fuck wouldn't you go over there and slap that bitch? But it's also like, Hey, he's an adult. He can do what he wants to do. He knows that I really want him to come on this trip so we could make out. So if he decides he wants to hang out with that bitch, then that's up to him. Which, again, is like super adult of her. And I would not have done it. I would have been like, how about you go straight to hell? But it's fine. So Sammy's like, oh, I want to sit with you, Ned. And so Nancy just sits in the back of the boat with Jordan. She's like, things just seem fucking weird. And Jordan's like, how so? And Nancy's like, okay, so the barricade the fact that somebody called me before I'd even left home the raft like and people have been making weird comments about each other like there's one point where Todd and Mike I never remember who did fucking what because the two of them are always together so it's always going to be Todd and Mike just understand that are they a couple now they are um one of them is like oh yeah Max knows about that because I think Bess was like oh is whitewater rafting dangerous and Todd and Mike are like, yeah, some people drowned out here on this river last year. And Bess is like, fuck. <laughs> Which, appropriate response. But they keep, like, casting these glances over at Max. And they're like, yeah, nobody else would hire him, but Paula did. And Nancy's like, I kind of want to know more about this. Okay. So they're going down the river. They reach a place that I think... I think they, like, stop for lunch before they get to this place in the river. Because, you know, they... Girls gotta eat. There's a bunch of girls on this trip. Girls gotta eat. They go find some huckleberries and a bear. <laughs> because remember, we got a lot of chapters. We're gonna need a bunch of cliffhangers. Um, they run into a bear who, of course, Nancy's the one who runs into the bear. And she's like, oh, shit. And, like, freezes because... I gotta be honest, that's exactly what the fuck I would do as well. Uh, Ned sees Nancy and he's like, wait, Nancy, like, I'll, I'll be right there. And then Sammy grabs him and she's like, oh, I'm afraid of the bear. And like tackles him into a fucking huckleberry bush because Sammy is a waste of everything good and holy in this world. But Max runs over and like starts yelling at the bear and he's like, shoo, go away. Which apparently is the correct thing to do with a bear. Like, 
Again, not my first instinct. I'd be like, how about I run? (laughs) I don't know to where, but away from here. So yeah, Max is like, oh, it was just, that was a little bear that was just out trying to eat some huckleberries and we just ran into him and Bess was like, he saved us. So like Bess is developing a massive crush on this guy and Nancy's like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And Bess is like, what do you mean you don't know? Like he saved us. And Nancy's like, well, maybe he didn't want the bear to kill us. And Bess is like, nothing you're saying is making sense right now. And we are going to get married and have like seven babies and it's going to be epic. And Nancy's like, okay, hon. So they get back on the rafts, they go down the river and they hit a place. And this is like, actually Mike and Todd have switched places or some shit. But anyway, Nancy's talking to one of them and he's like, yeah, um, they, that person decided they did not want to ride with Mike, but Max, I'm sorry, because this is where Max was guiding a rafting trip and two people fell out of the raft and drowned. And Nancy's like, good to know. Okay. So Paula takes the raft that Nancy's in down first. And then the other raft comes down, which that's the one that Max is driving, driving, steering, directing, leading. I don't know what fucking verb to use. Um, anyway, Max is in the other boat and that's the one that tips over and dumps everybody into the river. Bess, of course, is not wearing her life jacket, which they, Nancy and Ned noticed right before this because they're on Paula's raft. And that's like, I bet she thought it wasn't cute enough, which on the one hand burn and on the other hand, probably 100% correct. But anyway, so they both know that Bess is not a strong swimmer. So after the raft dumps everybody into the river, um, Ned goes into the water after Bess because Ned, Ned is the real MVP of this book in every possible fucking way. Oh my God. Anyway, so he pulls Bess out of the water. Um, Nancy rolls her over onto her belly and tips out of the water. And so Bess wakes up and she's like, oh my God, what happened? And they're like, um, you fell into the river with no life jacket. So that's super awkward. Um, but the raft was damaged in the event. And also they dumped out like half their supplies. So there's that. There's a lot of stuff in this book where I'm like, first off, I would not have done this. Second, if my, if my stuff were gone, I'd be like, yeah, we're going home now. Like, we're done. I'm I'm done here. That's that's about all there is to it. So anyway. So the raft is damaged and they're like, Okay, well, um, I guess we're all gonna have to ride on one raft. So okay. They decide that they're going to stay wherever they stopped for the night, like after everybody been dumped out of the raft and everything. So they all bunk down. And of course, I'm like, where is Nancy and Ned going to sleep? Are they going to sleep in a tent together? Are there, is there going to be a spooning situation? Some like light making out? Just curious. Um, and I think because there's at least like three nights that they spend in the woods. Um, I think this is the night where they actually have people stand watch. Just, I guess because of bears. I don't fucking remember why. I don't fucking remember. It's fine. Um, yeah yeah so um they they talk um nancy talks to mercedes who like won't tell her anything but seems like she's nervous about shit and then there's the not married couple who todd and mike are like yeah we like to we like to go knife throwing and you're like that's a euphemism but okay um and 
Linda's like, I don't like that. And Ralph is like, maybe stop throwing knives around my lady. And whichever dipshit was doing it is like, oh, yeah, who's going to stop me? And Ralph, like, walks over and, like, karate chops his ass <laughs> and takes the knife away. Like, he's like, I ain't giving up my knife. And Ralph's like, oh, you mean this knife? And hands it to whichever of the two was not involved. And it's like, here you go. And Nancy and Ned are like, that was some good shit. I enjoyed that. Props. Props to you. <laughs> anyway. Bess is still convinced that Max is, like, the best. So she's like, oh, my God, did you see him today? He was so good. And Nancy's like, I I just, everything seems, this, this trip seems cursed. Like, let's be real. Are we possibly in some ancestral lands that have been haunted? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I've got so many questions. I, I don't understand any of this. But anyway, um... They go to sleep. They wake up. Actually, Nancy hears something in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Nancy hears something in the middle of the night, and she goes to look, but she's got absolutely no light sources with her, and there's no moon, and so she thinks that somebody is maybe near the raft, but she doesn't know what they're doing. And in the morning, when everybody wakes up, she looks over, and she's like, the raft looks funny, and they all go over there, and the raft, the only other raft, the only one that was intact, has been slashed with a knife. So... There shall be no more rafting on this trip. <laughs> this whitewater rafting trip has now become a whitewater adjacent trip, really. So, and it's obvious, like, this is not damage that happened the day before. This is not like the other one that got dumped in the water and got caught in the rock and all that shit. This is like somebody clearly took a knife to this bitch. And so they all look around and they're like, so that means that somebody here took a knife and slashed the raft. And so, of course, their first thought is those dipshits who are having their little knife fight slash euphemistic. They're like, oh, well, it's one of them. And Nancy's like, I, I mean, I don't know who to trust here. Like, seriously, it had to have been some member of the group. And I don't know these people. I mean, of course, her friends, she knows them. But everybody else, she's like, I don't know their motivations. Like, no, no motivation makes sense for any of this. Like, we've got a lot of weird shit that's happening. Some of it could be coincidence, but this definitely wasn't. So they're finally in a situation where it's like, oh, okay, so there's somebody here who really wants to make sure that we can't get back on the fucking raft. And scene. Okay, you're lost in the woods. You have no idea where the fuck you are. All of your rafts are now slashed to ribbons. What do you do? So Nancy asks the people who are from around there. She's like, okay, so where are we exactly? And what's, what's the best thing for us to do? Because initially they'd been like, maybe we should split into two groups and half of us like raft down the river and get help. And the other half like hang out here. But that wasn't really appealing to anybody. Also, um, when they had drawn straws, I think Nancy was supposed to be in the group to leave, which I feel is important for reasons. Um, anyway, so when the raft gets slashed, it's like, oh, well, okay, then no one's leaving. Like, okay. Very Cabins in the Woods-esque, okay. So they ask Paula and Max, who are the ones who are most familiar with the river, they're like, okay, so what's, what's our best option here? Because, you know, where are we going to go? And they point out, the people who are locals point out that there's a ranger station that's probably like 15 miles from where they are. So it's going to be a hike, of course. 
and that's going to be their best bet because they could use a radio. And then one of them goes, we have a radio with us. (laughs) Maybe we should radio for help. (laughs) So they pull out the radio, which is still intact, but it won't work. Like as soon as they turn it on, nothing, absolutely nothing. So Paula's like, Max, I told you to check the radio. And he's like, I did. It was working like literally right before we left. So he takes out the batteries and puts them back in and that doesn't work. And Nancy's like, is there a crystal in the radio? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, maybe check that. And the crystal is missing. So somebody sabotaged their shit. So of course, Nancy's like, okay, like everything is pointing to just real bad stuff happening here. Somebody is doing their best to manipulate things so that we're going to be in the woods. Like, mm, not great, not great. They've also remember when that raft capsized slash spilled everybody out into the river, they lost a bunch of their shit. Um, so there's that. So yeah, they're like, they don't have a, a lot of food left. They need to make it out to the ranger station, hopefully. And again, they have no map for the ranger station. They got no fucking GPS. It's 19 fucking 86. Um, they're just gonna have to hope for the best here. And you know that because it's a Nancy Drew book, like something's gonna happen. Like they're not gonna die out here because that's not how these books work. But it's still like you don't know how bad it's gonna get by the time they get rescued. Just saying. Okay. So Paula's like, okay. She puts her jacket on. She's like, all right, I'm going to give Bess the compass. I'm going to give everybody tasks to do. Like, you you go up front. You navigate. You stay at the back. You carry the food. Blah. Like, she's just delegating like a motherfucker. And, of course, Nancy and Ned are, like, hanging back. Which, side note, remember how Sammy was flirting with Ned? Well, like, the first night when everybody was sitting by the fire chatting about who's trying to kill us. Um, Ned was sitting next to Nancy and, like, running his hand up and down her back. Which Nancy was like all of this, all of this, and Sammy saw it and was like, uh, and you're like, yeah, bitch, he got a girlfriend, so just step the fuck off, so for the rest of the book, like, Sammy just doesn't even look at Ned, and you're like, that is exactly what should have happened from the beginning, but okay, so for the rest of the book, there's no, like, Ned's like, I'm sorry that I was paying attention to that bitch, this is after the bear incident where Sammy, like, tackles him into a huckleberry bush, and Nancy's like, She's like, yeah, I think that you've, you've paid enough because you got all scratched up in a huckleberry bush and, you know, nothing to forgive, like nothing happened. And that's like, thanks. And of course, let's just have a little bit of making out, y'all. It's fine. Um, yeah, so they start, they start out, um, they have to scale a cliff, actually. Again, I have no fucking clue about the terrain. I have no idea if it's accurate or not. I just know they have to scale a fucking cliff. So they climb up. Um, on the way up, of course, Linda manages to hurt her ankle because she's a red shirt. They're all red shirts. Everyone's a red shirt except for the killer. And you're like, killer. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and claim that. Um, no one's died yet. And you're like, but, and I'm like, no, no, killer. Um, which Nancy kind of takes quite literally because she's like, yeah, Max was, guiding that raft that dumped those people and two of them drowned because as Todd slash Mike point out tyke (laughs) maybe I should just call them tyke from now on (laughs) um there was no raft standing by to rescue the people who fell in the water like there was for this one so that's that explains why those two people drowned so it's kind of like and they say nobody else would hire him because they knew his past and but Paula did so anyway uh, Nancy tries to talk to Mercedes. Mercedes just will not talk to her about anything. There's one point where Nancy actually sees Mercedes, like, 
going through her pack, like going through her backpack, and Nancy's like, so, hi, um, that's my backpack, and Mercedes is like, oh, I was looking for some sunscreen, and Nancy's like, uh, okay, you could have just asked, and Mercedes was like, oh, I thought this was Paula's backpack, I'm so sorry, bye, and Nancy's like, that was fucking weird, so, like, everybody practically seems to have something that's making her kind of wigged out about them, so, yeah, anyway, so, they, they hike for, like, a decent amount of time, like, like I said, Linda hurt her ankle, so Ned actually makes her a crutch out of a tree thing, because, of course, he does, because he's a fucking Eagle Scout, in my head canon anyway, so, yes, and he's always, like, hanging back, making sure Nancy's doing okay, like, you know, maybe we can chat about things, like, just, just being super fucking sweet, I love him so much, anyway, um, and there's one point, like, after, when the raft has been damaged, when Nancy's like, okay, where were you, and she's going around the circle asking everybody where they were, um, and everyone's like, oh, well, I was asleep, I was, and Linda and Ralph were like, oh, we were sleeping next to each other, and Linda blushes like, maybe y'all banged, like, seriously, it's okay for you to sleep next to your boyfriend, on a camping trip, um, and Todd and Michael like, and of course we slept next to each other, and you're like, of course you did, it's okay, absolutely no judgment, it's cool, um, Paula and Sammy and Mercedes slept all next to each other, Nancy, Bess, and George slept all next to each other, Ned slept near Nancy, Bess, and George, but without the weird shamefulness about the possible spooning that may or may not have occurred. But Nancy's like, well, I got up in the middle of the night to see who was possibly fucking with the raft and nobody woke up. So anyone who's like, I slept next to somebody, I don't give a fuck. Like, that ain't an alibi. Good times. Um, yeah. Do I want there to have been spooning? Of course I fucking do. Do I want them to have had a separate tent? How, how would I not want that? I want that with every fiber of my being. Um, so they decide to camp out that night. But before they do that, they actually hit a place where there's an even higher cliff slash hill slash ravine. Slash, I don't know. Some sort of, I think it's a ravine. I think that's what it is. Um, there's a river at the bottom of the ravine or, or I don't, I don't fucking know. There's just shit. I don't know. And Paul is like, Max, let's go there and see if we can spot the ranger station from here. And he's like, okay. Which, by the way, at this point, like, everybody knows that Nancy's a private detective because she mentions it. And Paula has started making these snide remarks like, oh, well, maybe the private detective has figured out who sabotaged this radio. Or, oh, maybe the private detective has done blah, blah. And remember how I said that Paula gave Bess the compass? Um... Yeah, Bess sat down for lunch, and they were talking, and then Paula's like, okay, let's check our direction, and Bess looks in her coat where she left the compass, and it's not there, and George gives her a raft of shit about it, and Nancy and Ned go off, and Ned's like, um, so Paula's the one who took it out of Bess's pocket when she thought nobody was watching, and Nancy's like, why the fuck would she do that? Like, that's the only compass we have, and Ned's like, yeah, and, and Max saw her do it, and he was looking at her funny, and just all sorts of things, and so Bess, like, crunches out of the underbrush, and is like, you've got to get George off my back, she's being a total bitch to me right now, and George is like, I cannot believe you lost this, I put up with you losing so much other shit, but I cannot believe you lost this compass, and that's when Nancy and Ned are like, uh, yeah, Paula took it, so stop giving her shit, but they don't want to reveal that they know that, so they're like, 
okay, you can pretend that Bess lost the compass so that nobody knows that we know that Paula took the compass. Which, again, like, everything seems super fishy. Like, why would you... Anyway, so it's after this point that um, Paula and Max go up to look for the ranger station. And so Nancy's still like, "Ah, I just just don't know about this shit. I just don't know. Like, I hope we get to the ranger station soon because I ain't here for this shit. All of a sudden they hear Paula up there say, no, Max, no. And then somebody wearing Paula's coat hurtles off the cliff and falls into the ravine. And all of them look on in horror because they're like, uh, we can't get down there to help. Like they just see the body be carried off by the current and they're all just stunned. Like, Sammy and Linda are the ones who like burst into tears at any possible moment because they are taking the best role in this. But um, Bess, of course, is horrified because she's like, what do you think happened? And Nancy's like, well, it looks like Max shoved Paula off a cliff is what it looks like. And Bess is like, I'm sure that's not what happened. And Nancy's like, I mean, the circumstantial evidence seems pretty damn strong. Um, Okay. So that means that they're all terrified that Max is going to come back to the group. They're ter- They're like, they think that he's killed Paula, that she's dead. And so those, and Paula's the one who had a fucking compass. So they all look around and they're like, okay, so with the two people who were the leaders of the group gone, um, I guess it's up to you, Tyke. And so Todd and Mike are like, uh, I think one of them says, I think it's this way. And the other says, I think it's this way. And so they end up going the uphill route because of course it makes sense that you'd build a fucking ranger station like on a hill. For reasons, for fire reasons. So they camp down for the night. Um, they're all nervous about Max coming back. So they take watch and everything. And in the morning, like Nancy hasn't slept very well and she feels something on the blanket. And when she looks down, there's a fucking rattlesnake coiled at her feet, which again, like if I were best, because best does eventually wake up during this part, um, I'd be like, I'm never setting foot in the fucking woods again, you idiots. You total fucking idiots. So it's a fucking rattlesnake. And Nancy's like, uh, Ned. And he like blearily wakes up and he's like, Nancy. And he's like, oh shit. And he, <laughs> Nancy's afraid to move because she's afraid the fucking thing's going to strike her because it's like got its head up and it's weaving back and forth. And she's like, this, this is not good this is not good. And she's also terrified that Bess or George are going to roll over and, and like upset the damn snake and get bitten. So Ned comes over and kills the snake with a rock. They stretch it out and the fucker is five feet long. It's a five foot long rattlesnake. And Ned's like, yeah, it's got like seven rattles and a button. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm not here for it. <laughs> like, I'm sure that that's kind of like the rings on a tree where you can tell it's age. I do not care. Shut up. <laughs> Anyway, um, and I think that, of course, Todd and Mike are, like, suitably impressed by the fact that there's a fucking rattlesnake. They're like, cool, but Ned's like, I'm going to bury this under some rocks like an adult. (laughs) And you can't really blame that on, like, another human being, but also super sketchy. Also, like I said, we got a bunch of chapters we need to end on some cliffhangers. Um, anyway. So, the next day, they're still like plotting toward the ranger station because like Linda hurt her ankle so they're having to and Linda's like I don't know if I can walk anymore they're like you will die if we don't get to the fucking ranger station so there's that um Nancy and Ned are talking and I'm pretty sure 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is when it happens. Like Nancy senses some motion and she looks up and she's she's pretty sure she sees somebody. But anyway, this enormous fucking boulder like rolls down the path, which Nancy and Ned are the only like they're at the back of the group. So they're kind of isolated that way. And the boulder like rolls down directly toward Nancy and she's paralyzed because fuck. And so Ned grabs her and, and pulls her out of the way. The boulder, meanwhile, rolls down the hill and just smashes into some pine trees and just splits them in half. And Nancy sees it and she's like, that would have been me if you hadn't been here. And Ned's like, um, yeah. So there's some, like, trembling, adrenaline-fueled, like, making out. And you're like, yes, yes, more of this, more of this. Like, y'all need to bang just to relieve some of this tension. Because there's one point where, like, Ned's like, I'm so glad I didn't lose you. And I just need you to know that I love you. And Nancy's like, I love you, too. And you're like, yes, yes. Now you need to get down on one knee and be like, I don't have a ring, but I'm going to propose marriage to you, my love. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Like, Ned has been there for everything. He's killed that damn snake. He is the Arthurian knight of your dreams. He is here for this shit. He's going to pull you out of the way of boulders, which, by the way, the first time I read this book in my head, it was the boulder from Indiana Jones, and it was just rolling down toward her, and she did not have a whip. That would have changed everything in this book. Anyway, (laughs) so Nancy's tried to talk to Mercedes because she's, Mercedes has been acting even more withdrawn than usual, and of course, her cousin is the one who fell into the river, and Nancy's like, I've been trying to talk to her, and she just has clammed up, and she's like, "I, I don't see the point in dragging up the past, and so... I feel like that's significant. And it's like, well, I'll go talk to her, make sure you catch up with the group. And Nancy's like, of course. But Nancy's got like a blister on her foot, so she stops to inspect it. When all of a sudden she sees Max running up to her and she's like, oh, fuck. And Max has a fucking club in his hand and he looks like he'd been through some shit. And Nancy's like, Max. And he's like, I need to talk to you. And Nancy tries to run away and he like hits her with the fucking club and knocks her the fuck out. And so she comes to with her hands bound behind her and Max is sitting nearby and he's looking real rough. Like he's coughing a lot. He looks like he's been through some shit. It's just real bad. Um, and he's like, I need to talk to you. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. What do you need to talk to me about? Like, he's got a fucking club in his hand with a spike in it. Like she ain't here for this shit. Anyway, So she manages to get him close enough to startle him, and she has managed to untie herself. So she, like, jumps up, startles him, and runs away. And, of course, at that point, Ned's looking for her, and so are Bess and George. And they find her, and they're like, oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, Max, like, knocked me out and dragged me off in the woods and tied me up. And he said he needed to talk to me. And they're like, "None, no part of that is good. And Nancy's like, but he said he needed to talk to me. Like, we should maybe go find out what he wanted to say and they're like first off concussion second like Ned's like well there's four of us and I will just kick his ass if he tries anything so sure but they can't find him Nancy can't find the place where he had her captive like it's just it's just like a fucking clearing in the woods so she's like well let's just catch up with the rest of the group but it's it's really like weighing on her she's like I don't it's weird though like what did he need to tell me? He didn't, he even said to her, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. I just really needed to talk to you. And I'm like, kind of emotionally upset right now. And she's like, because she's had time to think about it. She's like, "Mm, this, like, what would he need to tell me? And they're like, maybe he wanted to threaten your life. If you told anybody about Paula, like, 
who the fuck knows? Like, he's clearly unhinged. And of course, Bess is like, I'm sure that he's just going through some shit. Like, he just needs some tender loving care from me. And they're like, just shut up. Um, because at one point in this book, Nancy's like, you, you know that he, he might be a killer. And Bess is like, girl, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, they finally find the damn ranger station. Oh my God. They find it. Um, it's kind of rickety and it looks like it's not occupied, but it, also would have a radio inside that they could radio for help. So that seems cool. Why, when they actually get to the ranger station, like as soon as they hit that location where they're like, oh my God, thank God, if we can just get some help, um, Max comes out of the clearing and he's like, I need to talk to Nancy. And everyone's like, what the fuck? You killed Paula. And so Tyke, Todd and Mike, um, just like beat the shit out of him. <laughs> And Nancy's like, no, don't hurt him. I need to talk to him. Like, I, I I, need to talk to him. Don't try to basically disable this guy. And they just kick his ass. And he's just laying there like, and Bess is like, oh, my God. Like, one eye is swollen shut. He's He was looking real rough before this point. And so Ned takes his belt off and he um, fastens Max's hands behind him. And he's like, this is just, you know, as a precaution to make sure that you don't get away. And Bess, of course, like rips off a strip of her shirt and wets it in some water to come wipe off his face very tenderly, as one would. And they're trying to get Max to say whatever the problem was. And Max is like, you need to be careful. She wants to kill you. And Nancy's like, who wants to kill me? Like, this, I need some pronoun antecedents. I need to be hooked up with some knowledge here. And so, of course, he passes the fuck out. So... Nancy looks up, and I think it's either Todd or Mike who, Tyke, maybe it's both of them, who went up, no? I don't fucking know, it doesn't fucking matter, um, (laughs) anyway, they went up into the tower to radio for help, and Nancy's like, well, let me just check on how that's going, and she leaves Ned to, Ned and I think Bess and George actually, to watch over Max, and if he wakes up and says anything, she leaves a pen and paper with him to write down whatever it is, she's like, whatever he says, please write it down. Um, so she goes up to check on how the radioing for help is going when all of a sudden Paula runs out of the woods toward the ranger station and Nancy's like, oh my God, Paula, what the literal fuck? And Paula's running straight toward her and she comes up onto the ranger tower because at this point Nancy's on like the ranger tower and Nancy looks into her eyes and she's like, oh my God, Paula has like just fucking gone off the deep end. Like she looks real real mad and Nancy's like what's going on and Paula's like I'm gonna fucking kill you and Nancy's like uh what you're gonna kill me and Paula's like do you remember Peter Hancock and Nancy's like oh shit and she does Peter Hancock was working as an accountant in New York and he was embezzling money from his firm and Nancy found the evidence that was used to put him away And Paula's like, yeah, that was my dad. And he went to prison and then he got out, but he died here. I think he escaped from prison is the way that she puts it. He escaped from prison, but he died in the very wilderness that they are currently standing in. And so Paula feels that it's just what Nancy deserves to die here too. When I said that we were in a fucking slasher film, 
yeah um so nancy's like so you just engineered this whole thing to get me out here and paula's like yeah i would have killed literally everybody to get to you like you you just do not understand because nancy's like you the raft everything and paula's like yeah yeah i wanted you dead and i would have killed everybody in here to get to you so just marinate in that knowledge just understand that and nancy's like so we saw you go over the cliff and then she's like we saw somebody wearing your jacket go over the cliff and Paula's like yeah I put my jacket on Max and knocked him down the cliff and all of you thought that it was me and Nancy's like you sabotaged the radio you're the one who tore up the raft okay okay that's that's pretty damn fucked up okay um so and Paula's like yeah, no more chit chat. So she runs toward Nancy and Nancy fucking sidesteps and trips her and Paula crashes into the railing. The railing gives way and Paula fucking falls to the ground and dies. Like, this one is so fucking dark on all levels. Oh my god, which you need for like maximum Nancy Ned, like trauma bonding but also like holy fucking shit if you look back at the previous ones the russian spies like the government handled that um then the second book that's the one with the the pirating the the cops came in eventually and handled that after they got their asses handed to them the third one that's the one where um the cops also come because in the hospital he regains his memory and so they apprehend the guy who did all this so they get him in the fourth book that's um smile and say murder that's the cops come and apprehend that like we got a bunch of cops apprehending people and the last one like we've got an undercover cop there the whole time who just engineers everything we got no cops we just got nancy facing off against this woman who is so mad at her for her father's death that she cannot stand it and Nancy's like holy shit so Paula like falls to her fucking death and like looks like a doll that strings have been cut and she's laying on the ground and Ned sees this runs up to the tower and like takes Nancy into his arms and holds her and you're like yeah that's that's the appropriate response for when your girlfriend just like maybe facilitated the murder of someone like oh shit there's a lot of bad here um yeah so Nancy's like so Mercedes are you the one who called me and Mercedes is like yeah um so Paula got real real depressed after her dad died and then when I was talking to her and I found out about this trip, I saw your name on a list and I heard her say something like she was going to get you and I just had a real bad feeling. So I called you and tried to warn you away, but you didn't stay away. And Nancy's like, and you were looking at my pack because you were hoping that maybe I packed a gun or something. And Mercedes is like, pretty much, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The book ends with the helicopter coming to rescue them. And <laughs> Nancy has put all of this behind her by then. <laughs> uh, when Max comes to, they confirm everything with him. Like, he had realized that everything was weird. And he finally put everything together where he was like, private detective, Paula's dad, 
what like the way that she's been looking at Nancy, the fact that she's been stealing stuff, like she's been the one behind the sabotage. Like, so Max was trying to warn Nancy that he thought that Paula was going to try to kill her because, you know, clearly Paula was willing to kill Max and uh, Max managed to stay alive because the coat was big enough that it caught some air, which kept him up above the water so that he could I don't fucking know they're pretty sure he broke some ribs like it's it's just real real bad she tossed him over a fucking cliff like oh my god y'all oh my god um yeah so they get on the helicopter and Nancy's like I must look like a complete hot mess because just a lot of shit has gone down and Ned's like it's a good thing that love is blind and they make out and you're like you've killed you've killed someone oh my god but but y'all are bonding and it's really fucking sweet also of course they need to have a vacation where i don't know nancy's not being pursued by somebody who is blaming her for her father's death just saying i originally remembered this book as carson being the instrument of said father's arrest slash imprisonment but no it was 100 percent nancy taking credit for this one and this so she was like yeah i found the evidence that put her dad away it's kind of interesting because it's that that case is never represented like that's that's all backstory that's never anything that you actually see on the page but it's interesting to me for a bunch of reasons um we've had female culprits which the original mystery stories also had female culprits they had female accomplices they had plenty of women who were involved in some way or another but um often in the mystery stories the women kind of take a back seat to their men who handle most of the dirty work and this one, we've had female villains for like half, honestly, which shout out for the representation angle there. Um, but also it's interesting, like the representation of these, these are the consequences for the work that you're doing. Like you're working to help put people away while not really considering the collateral damage that your work is doing. Um, because, oh my God, like... Nancy and her father, it's really interesting because Nancy gets involved in her father's cases a lot in the original mystery stories, not not quite as much in the files. But um, like Nancy is so tied up in what her father does and who he is and, and who, what her identity is in relationship to his that there's one level at which like it, Paula does kind of function as this like reversed image of Nancy where it's like my father was so important to me and you took him away from me. She never mentions her mom at all, period. Like, it's just like Paula took her father's death really hard and it basically drove her off the edge. Like, that was it. So, yeah, yeah, we had a bunch of red shirts. But the only person who died was actually the villain who, like, at at the center was a tragic figure who just was so upset about what had happened that she felt the need to punish Nancy. She doesn't say that her father was innocent. She just says that her father didn't deserve the death that he had, which, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So my alternate universe fic for this one would be that Nancy and Ned managed to find a tent. <laughs> because honestly, everybody's sleeping in sleeping bags around a campfire for this one. My fantasy would be that Nancy and Ned find a tent where they can, you know, um, maybe bang out some tension after almost being run over by a boulder or maybe a hotel room that the helicopter takes them to a nice quiet place where they can find a charming b&b they're always charming aren't they if they're not haunted 
and they can just, you know, relax, chill, take a long, hot, relaxing bath, and get to know each other better. Yeah, good times. Uh, Next week, we're going to pick up with Deadly Doubles. We have entered a phase of the Nancy Drew Files where Nancy is like, it's like she's got the intersect from Chuck, for fuck's sake, where it's like, in next week's, and I'm not really spoiling anything by telling you this, she's going to pretend that she is a professional tennis player and pull it off. Like, you know, as you do, in a way that I could absolutely never do. Like, yeah, she's... Nancy's so interesting because she functions as a cipher within her own books because you can basically read whatever you want onto her in some ways and she can fit into whatever environment she's placed in and that involves like being the final girl in a book where there is no final girl like oddly enough the only girl who doesn't make it to the end is the killer but doesn't actually commit murder it's so weird like honestly if you unpack it like Paula Paula intends to commit murder. Paula 100% intends to. Paula believed that she killed Max. Like, that was going to be okay with her. Like, and also, if you fake your own death, like, nobody's going to be expecting it when you pop up out of nowhere and try to kill them. Like, there's some interesting shit going down there where it's like, Paula has murdered you in her heart. And therefore, it's okay to let her just fall off a railing of an old decrepit ranger station. Oh, God. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, next week is going to be Deadly Doubles, which I also love the cover art for. Like, we're hitting a good run, y'all, except for book eight, which we're going to cover after book seven, and that's going to break my fucking heart again, but it's okay. So, I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. If you have any questions or anything like that, or if you're like, I would really love for you to do bonus episodes involving blah, blah, please do let me know because I would love to know that and stay sleuthy, my friends.